Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Welcome to part one of another insightful two-part series. In this episode, we introduce you to the fascinating world of brand strategy and rebranding for businesses both large and small. To help us dig deeper into this area, we brought along Sophie Bartho, founder and managing director of Brandswell, which is a boutique agency focused on brand strategy and communication. Sophie has been in the game for decades and her experience in the industry led to Brandswell's unique methodology in creating simple and effective brand strategies. You won't want to miss it, so let's dive right in. listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for joining us today on Talking Law. Thank you, Jo. It's a privilege to be joining you. In our discussions in the past, I I felt that you would have so much to contribute to our Talking Law listeners, not just because of some of the big brand names that you've worked on, but also because you have lived a life of building a business yourself with your own agency, right? Yes, I've um, been in the game a few too many years and started by, you know, previously I had a full service agency and currently we have more a boutique offering where we focus wholly and solely on brand strategies and then how that plays out in communication and marketing. And and I think it's really important, you know, that mix between having worked in the big end of town, so understanding deeply some of the quality drivers behind what you're doing, but also then understanding smaller business and business from a commercial context yourself because you've actually owned and operated a business. I think that's a really unique mix and, and I think something that must help you deliver a really innovative and useful service for the range of clients that you have, whether they're small or large. Well, thank you, Joe. And it's it is interesting because what I find is it doesn't matter how big or small an organization is, they need to go through the same process. And it's all about being inclusive and taking people on the journey. And what I do love is the diversity. So, you know, we work for large and small clients, but we also work across multiple sectors. So it makes it more challenging. It makes it more demanding in that you can't get cookie cutter in your solutions. Mm. Today, we're talking specifically about rebranding for business and we're talking both rebranding for small and I guess also for large businesses. So let's start at the very beginning. Why are we talking about this topic? Why should businesses consider something like branding or rebranding if they've already got a brand? There's lots of factors that can contribute to why consider a rebrand. And I think in simple terms, you can look at the internal factors and then the external factors. So internally, 
it might be about talent retention and acquisition and about elevating your brand to make sure it's being seen and heard by the best talent in the marketplace. It can also be about aligning the internal stakeholders. So you might find that the business has evolved and matured and grown. Your team is bigger, but all of the team may not be necessarily on the same page and understanding where the organization's going. So it's a really powerful process to create that alignment. You might also be shifting your direction and that might be impacted through a merger and an acquisition or through organic growth. So there's lots of internal factors and then externally the marketplace might have changed. So new competitors might have entered. The marketplace is always evolving and then the consumer needs might also be changing. All of those factors can influence your awareness to the need to consider a rebrand. Mm, Okay. And it's interesting, all of these elements that you're talking about, I guess by implication, it means then when you're at this point of rebranding, you're going to need to ask some deep questions about how you want to be represented in the market. Yes, lots of deep questions. And that's actually the, I think we feel is our sweet spot. We've had clients say to us that was like therapy, having gone through the process and the methodology that we use. We do a lot of deep diving and ask some questions that would probably be surprising because they're not necessarily, one would say, business orientated. And, and that's, you know, one of the key questions is why are you doing this? You know, why do, pe- why do you get out of bed every day and come to work and do what you do? When you start peeling back those layers and really understanding why executives, staff members and the various stakeholders are invested in this brand and committed to this brand. It's really, really interesting and it's just a privilege to hear their stories. And do you find people who participate in this process properly, you know, ever surprise themselves with what comes out of this process then? Yes. You know, they might think that they're in transport, but it's inevitably a much deeper motivation that inspires them and keeps them going. Because let's face it, business isn't always easy. And that then informs where are you going? So, you know, in corporate terms, we often talk about our vision and our purpose, but it's getting deeper into the human attributes that are driving that direction. And so I can feel maybe some of our listeners who are smaller businesses might think, okay, well, that's all very well and good for large businesses, but is it applicable to me? And so I guess my question to you is, is rebranding from this deeper perspective, is this applicable only to large organisations or do you think it's also applicable to the SME environment? Absolutely, you know, applicable to the SME environment. It's about building the really solid foundations for the brand and understanding why you've made those decisions and what it represents. So I think it's important to start with understanding what is a brand and a brand isn't the logo. It's not, you know, the little icon that you stick on the pocket of a T-shirt or on the tip of a pen. It's what's behind that identity. And there's some fundamentals that we believe build that brand and first and foremost are the core values. So what are the values that the brand stands behind? And those, you know, four to five core values 
influence every decision. Wrapped around that is then the culture of the organisation. We then look at the benefits, so what one gets from the brand and also how the brand makes one feel. And then from there, we like to dive into the proof points. And this is where it can get very, very interesting, where we look for the evidence to validate those benefits. And that might be around the the tenure of the organisation, sales, growth, but really tangible metrics that we can use to validate what we've said previously in terms of those benefits, the culture and the values. And then we start defining the value proposition and then the brand essence, which is where we get into that really pointy end about the why. Mm. And then how does this all culminate in the brand at the end of the day? So you're doing all of this work behind working out values and culture, and then somehow this all has to come together in something fairly snappy, right? (laughs) How does that work? How do we get there? Fairly snappy and then very visual. So it's once we've defined that the brand in that strategy that we can then start to bring it to life in a visual identity. And the reason the brand strategy needs to come before that visual is that you can make very informed decisions. So when you're evaluating, you know, the logo, the visual identity, positioning statements, campaign messages, you can then go back to that brand strategy and say, well, is it aligned? Does it reflect our core values? Does it represent that culture that we are committed to nurturing and governing. And so it's this constant check-in reference point for when you start making those key marketing and communication decisions. Mm. And so then once we have a brand, presumably then there is a process that needs to be worked through to ensure that their, you know, staff within the organisation identify and connect to that brand as well. How do you do that? What's the process for that? I'm so glad you asked because... That's actually the very beginning. We believe very, very fundamentally that you need to bring and involve all your stakeholders on that journey. We can't actually define your brand strategy until we start talking to and listening to those stakeholders. Again, we think it's important to talk to your internal stakeholders and also your external stakeholders. And that can be quite unusual because often businesses are thinking about the consumer or the customer of their product and services and they are more externally focused whereas we believe you need to look at both the internal and external and capture their stories their experiences of your brand and then that will inform the strategy and it's also quite fun we talk to our clients about being very very broad in that stakeholder process and we like to talk to the collaborators as we call them those who really support the process and have a sort of empathy for the project and why we're investing in a rebrand we like to talk to the cynics those who question it and wonder whether it's even worthwhile we like to talk to the critics, those who might be quite overtly or sometimes covertly expressing an opinion that this is a waste of time and money. And also the the creatives, those who think they've already got it solved, you know, this is what we should do. This is how it should look. This is what we should say. So by involving all of those different personalities within the organisation and external to the organisation, then you get a really, really solid perspective on what your brand means to these stakeholders and what's important to them and how it might be reflected in the strategy going forward. Okay, let's take a short break. 
When we come back, we'll take a hard look at the return on investment in rebranding for organisations. We'll also talk about the common scenario of businesses having multiple brands within one umbrella. We'll investigate whether or not the setup is good or bad. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oki and you're listening to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. While you are there, you might also like to check out our innovative product, Legal on Tap. Our SME version of this product provides a business with access to a team of lawyers to answer questions as they come up in the business. And our large business version also provides this access to our team of lawyers to ask questions, but it also provides a wide range of online-based training in contract law for non-lawyers. Both of these products are available for a ridiculously low monthly price. If you're interested, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au and check out our legal on-tap pages, or head over to our contact page and submit a form to let us know that you would like more information. a professional involved in business sales and acquisitions activity, for example, if you're a broker or an accountant or a business consultant, or if you're a business owner looking to expand by acquisition or you're building to sell your business in the future, check out Talking Law's sister podcast, The Deal Room. Together with Talking Law, these are now two of the top legal podcasts in Australia. The Deal Room podcast contains information, interviews, and tips and tricks relating to the world of business sales and acquisitions. We love this area of law and thought it was high time we took some of our specialist knowledge and shared it in a commercial context rather than just talking about legal stuff on its own. We release new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen to our episodes on www.thedealroompodcast.com or you can subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on iTunes to be the first to know when a new episode is out. Just type in the search panel in iTunes, The Deal Room Podcast. Welcome back. Earlier, we talked about why and when you should consider a rebrand for your business and how this approach is equally effective and important for smaller businesses as well as larger businesses. Sophie also walked us through the process of bringing the brand to life in a fairly snappy and visual way, whilst also ensuring that both internal and external stakeholders are able to identify with it. Now, let's keep the conversation going and discuss how brand strategy and rebranding can impact your bottom line. Maybe let's start for some of the cynics out there. Let's start with some really hard return on investment type analysis. Where does the major return come from an organisation in a measurable sense? And we'll talk later then about perhaps some softer areas. Yeah, the the key one is growth. So 
is the business actually growing? Is that being demonstrated in sales volumes? It might be, you know, a shift in gross profit because of efficiencies. That's one of the key factors we see happening where by having a very, very clear strategy, you create efficiencies and more alignment within the organisation. What's an example of that? What's an example of rebranding impact that has then impacted strategy that then creates a higher return? Um, oh, gosh. One that comes to mind is it was actually a mushroom grower and they had five different brands. As such, they were struggling to compete in the marketplace to the major leading competitor. But by bringing those five brands together under one unified brand, it created efficiencies in their marketing spend but it also meant they could actually compete quite aggressively with this market leader. Mm, fabulous. And, and why did they have five brands? It was actually a family business. And so different members of the family had different business units within, I'll call it an umbrella brand, but it hadn't ever been considered about how they relate and or don't relate and then the impact it was having in the marketplace on their brand reputation and even their sales. So we went through, the, you know, a very rigorous process of that stakeholder engagement as we talked about. We went out and spoke to their customers, major retailers in Australia, and we spoke to the internal stakeholders. And you can imagine very different personalities and very different priorities. However, by creating one strategy and confirming that alignment going forward, it's just had a very smooth flow-on effect in rolling out a rebrand and all the different stakeholders adopting that rebrand. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I can certainly think of a lot of organisations that we've had contact with over time who run multiple brands under an umbrella. And I hear in what you're saying at the moment that maybe that's not always the best way to have multiple brands under one umbrella. It comes back to what the brand is doing and representing for that organisation. So if the brand is providing a, a, a very different service and or product to the marketplace, then the differentiation makes sense. But often we find that when you dig into it a bit further, they're almost internal competitors. So that can be a, a very important reason to then come together and create alignment and drive efficiencies through, you know, a singular brand as opposed to um, competing brands. Mm. So I guess what you're saying here is maybe that businesses sometimes start dealing with goods and services in a particular way, they're, they're pitched to the market, and then they come up with something new and the current brand they're using doesn't fit it, so they come up with another brand for that and then they keep adding in this way. And then what you're doing is you're taking each of these elements and saying, well, none of the brands on their own represented what you are, so let's come up with a brand that works across the whole. Is, is that effectively how that can work? That's certainly, you know, one example. Every organisation is different and it really is about the journey that they've been on and some have evolved, they've shifted their direction and what they are offering in the marketplace and then there's other times where they have acquired additional brands or created new brands within their portfolio. And you just need to pause occasionally and think, okay, 
Are they all relevant? Who are we serving through these different brands? And is there any efficiencies to be gained by being a little bit ruthless and simplifying the model? Mm, Okay, fabulous. All right, so we talked about one of the positive impacts of rebranding being the contribution to strategy and then, you know, the bottom line at the end of the day. What other positive impacts have you seen on organisations? One of them is around that stakeholder engagement and particularly the internal stakeholders where you can see a significant uplift in motivation and commitment to the organisation. There can be also a significant shift in clarity around why are we doing this and that in itself creates other efficiencies where people aren't second-guessing, people aren't questioning or challenging directions and decisions. Mm. So it sounds like that comes not just from the brand itself, but from the process that has contributed to the creation of the brand. Yeah. Because you're bringing them with you as part of the process. They then have more connection to where it is that they're going together, the vision. Yes, the process is absolutely key. And as I said, it's about bringing people on the journey. Often we'll be engaged and, you know, there'll be somebody tasked with the project and it will be, yeah, we need a new brand and they're quite surprised when we say, okay, well, we'd you know, now like to start talking to your board members, your chairperson, staff throughout the organisation. And they often think we only need to speak to senior leaders. And we say, no, no, um, the receptionist can often have some of the greatest insights about the culture and the organisation and what the brand represents. And the other interesting thing is, you know, when we start talking to their external stakeholders, such as the customers and the consumer, and as I said, you get a very, very broad perspective, And it, but it's really delightful and surprising when you start to see some of the consistencies coming out. The journey can be challenging and it can be equally delightful and validating. So that's it for part one of our two-part series on brand strategy and rebranding for business with Sophie Bartho of Brandswell. If you found today's podcast interesting, you might want to pop over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au. There you can get a free transcript of this podcast episode. Next week, look out for part two of this series where Sophie runs us through some real-life examples of rebranding done right. And on the flip side, what can go wrong when rebranding isn't done as successfully as it could be? We also talk about the things you need to consider when using names of partners or founders in your brand, along with some key questions you'll need to ask yourself to know whether or not a rebrand is necessary for your business. And finally, I round out the discussion by talking about a few legal issues that rebranding brings up and how best to deal with those. If you want to hear more about the legal issues relating to branding, then join us after the end of this two-part series where we have an entire episode devoted to the legal issues in branding and rebranding. And if you can't wait for then, then you can check out some past episodes of Talking Law where we discuss brand protection strategies. In particular, episode five, where I discuss the basics of trademarks and episodes 25 and 29, where we delve into a little bit more detail about trademarks and brand protection. 
And if you'd like to hear more from Sophie, then pop across to our sister podcast, The Deal Room. Look for episode 23 and you can find that either in iTunes or your favorite podcast player searching for The Deal Room or head over to the website for The Deal Room at www.thedealroompodcast.com or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au and skip over to our podcast section. In episode 23 of The Deal Room, we chat with Sophie about the relevance of brand and communication in the area of business sales and acquisitions. All right, that's it for us for today. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law, brought to you by Aspect Legal. And for anyone who is still listening, we've got a short little outro here that is something that I recorded with Sophie before we started proper recording for this episode. And this is often what I'll do with guests who are on Talking Law or who might be on our sister podcast, The Deal Room. Often we'll chat a bit about business before we start recording the session that we're recording for you, the listener. In this case, Sophie talks about her business card and I talk about my impression of her business card. And I just thought it might have been useful to include here as an outro for anyone who is still listening, just in terms of seeing how some businesses apply the concept of branding to their tactile things like their business cards. So here you go. The business is called Brandswell and it's about growing brands well and for me that's about growing brands with authenticity and truth. There you go. So you've got your, um, I love it, you walk your talk. <laughs> you've got, you know, a really well thought out brand. I like it, brands well. There you go. I like your business card, how you've got the name on the back and then it sort of imprints into the front. Is there, you know, a branding reason behind that? Is, it does, is there a deeper reason or is it just because it looks really funky? Which it does, it looks very funky. Um, I like textures and I wanted it to be slightly memorable but without being too clever so you can do different sized business cards you can make them bigger and smaller and you know they can they can look really great but they can also be a pain in the ass when they don't hit or they you know they're too small and they get lost but I think for me it was mainly around that you know wanting a, a, a texture to have a little experience with the cards because people do. They run their finger over it and go, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. And so for people who have no idea what we're talking about, here we have a business card that has the the company name, Branswell, on the back and then that imprints through to the front. So when you look at the card on the front with Sophie's name on it, you just, you've got this imprint and a mirror image of the name of the brand and you do, you just want to run your finger across it. It's very, um, (laughs) a very tactile card. I really like it. Well, and see, for us, a brand is about the experiences you have with it. And that's why we wanted just our business card to be a little mini experience. Mm, I love it. I love it. Sophie, I have no idea whether we're going to be able to fit that into any of our any of the podcasts, but it was an interesting discussion anyway. Let's see what the team can do with that, whether they can find a spot to put that in where it works. We'll see. 
Well, it sounds like the team did find a way to put that discussion in there. That's it for this episode. Thank you once again for joining us. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Sophie Bartho, and you've been listening to Talking Law. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.